Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. As the Denver Broncos report this week for rookie minicamp, one of the Broncos draft selections will miss the action and will undergo a minimally invasive heart procedure. When can the team expect him back? Plus, the Broncos quarterback competition parameters have been set ahead of training camp. We take a look at the Broncos cornerback room depth after the NFL draft and the storylines that accompany the position on today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends of their rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, senior NFL analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos analyst for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos and make sure you follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And this week is the big week, folks. We're going to make our expansion into video podcasts on YouTube. Go to Lockdown Broncos on YouTube and hit subscribe to the channel, folks. And we're close to 4,000 subscribers. It would mean the world to me if you could get us there. You'll get the video format. You get to see my ugly mug on your video, phone, or television screens as well. But ladies and gentlemen, hope you had a beautiful and relaxing weekend. Yesterday was Mother's Day, so shout out to all the mothers in the world. We would be nothing without the mothers that brought us into this world. So I hope all of you and the mothers that are listening to the show had an amazing day. You deserved it. But with that said, Broncos country, we got a lot to break down on today's episode of the show. We got our Broncos news and notes. We have a little bit of clarity on the Broncos quarterback competition ahead of training camp. We're going to go through the pros and cons of what the competition will look like based on the amount of reps that will be divvied up. And plus, we take a look at the Broncos cornerback depth as is and some of the storylines accompanying each player heading into this season. But let's get into our Broncos news and notes to kick off today's episode of the show. Nine News reporter Mike Kliss had reported last week that the Broncos seventh round draft selection, Jonathan Cooper, the team selection out of Ohio State, he's a defensive end player, potentially an outside backer for the team. He is set to undergo a minimally invasive heart procedure this week. He was born with a heart condition, so that means he's expected to miss rookie minicamp this week and his sideline times just a couple of weeks. So nothing too big, but obviously any time that a player has to undergo some type of procedure that has to involve the heart, there's obviously some precautionary measures. This is information that the Denver Broncos knew ahead of time, and so no surprise to them. He's getting it fixed before he enters his career in the National Football League. He is expected to be back and ready for training camp and potentially during the OTA period where Phase 3 launches. That's from May 24th through June 18th. So we can expect to maybe see him back in the first week of June, potentially, as the Broncos go through Phase 3. But for the Broncos, Jonathan Cooper, we, we talked about it with Big Ten, Ben Ben Stevens over there, the Lockdown Big Ten podcast last week, that Cooper's one of those players that, despite the fact he was taking a round number 7, he might have an opportunity to play for the Broncos this upcoming season, and especially when the Broncos' edge depth is kind of thin as is. And right now, we don't know if the Broncos plan to play him at defensive end or outside linebacker, that spot is kind of up for grabs, especially considering that his teammate in college, Baron Browning, more than likely is going to transition to be the inside backer for the team. Cooper more than likely will be that outside guy or defensive end. So he'll play an outside position regardless. 
but is expected to have an impact. And Ohio State ties continue. Obviously, Draymond Jones expected to be the starter at defensive end this year for the team. But we'll get into the training camp stuff. We'll get into positions. We'll get into starters. Once that time approaches, coming around towards the preseason, that's when the official depth charts will be released. And we'll figure out how it changes from then on. And we'll break down here on the podcast. But another Broncos move in our news and notes is that they officially placed Jawad James on the non-football-related injury list. This stems back from last week. He suffered a torn Achilles while working out away from the team facility. And right now, there is no decision that has been made by the team as to whether or not they will pay Jawan James. They have no obligation to do so. Denver is not entitled to pay the $10.58 million payout that he was expected to make this upcoming season. And this is something that the NFL will continue to monitor because the NFL, the NFLPA, they are split right now in terms of the union encouraging players to not show up to team facilities for voluntary team workouts, even though it is deemed voluntary. If you show up to the voluntary team workouts, you are protected under your contract by the NFL regulations in terms if you are injured. You do have your insurance. You do have your protection against injury guarantees in your contract there. However, if you're away from the team facility and you suffer an accident while working out, you are not protected. That was the case with Jawan James and the NFL PA lashed out at the NFL for making an example out of James' situation last week by calling it a gutless move for them to portray that to the media, but it is just an ongoing realm of what the NFL and the NFL PA continue to disagree upon in terms of off-season workouts, despite the fact that the Broncos themselves said, hey, we are not going to attend voluntary team workouts. Various players have been in and out of the building for that. Von Miller has been one of those players, so not necessarily a big deal at this point as some players are more comfortable now. Some players are vaccinated, which does lead to them being able to attend the facility. They don't have the amount of worries or stressors that players that aren't vaccinated may have, and especially when it comes to their families. This is something that we'll continue to keep an eye on as the Broncos Let's get ready to dive into the deeper part of the offseason program. Phase two begins this week and phase three begins at the end of the month, May 24th through June 18th. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into the conversation about the Broncos quarterback situation. Vic Fangio has laid out the parameters for what it will look like between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. But before we get to that, I got to tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. It's a good friends of their new Genics and betonline.ag. And hey, Broncos fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. And to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. And this unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels that helps you increase your energy and even lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they'll also include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients that will help you get back into shape absolutely free. All you got to do is text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. And the other sponsor of today's episode of the show are good friends over there, betonline.ag. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. This weekend, we had NBA action as the regular season is coming to a close. We had UFC fights and MMA. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. All you got to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. 
Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Shortly after the 2021 NFL draft take included Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, he was asked a variety of questions by Mike Kliss and other members of the Broncos media as it pertains to the draft selections, how they fit into the team. But as always, you know, Broncos country, what position came up? The Broncos quarterback position. And as it stands right now, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are set to compete at the end of July, early August in training camp to see who will be the Broncos starter. The Broncos made the move to acquire Teddy Bridgewater the day before the NFL draft, leaving a lot of ambiguity as to what the team's draft plans were. And while it was put out there that it doesn't change the fact that the Broncos would still or potentially go quarterback in the draft, Denver took Patrick Sertan and he's a great pick for them. But now the parameters have been set by Vic Fangio as to how the quarterback competition will go. And he noted that both Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater will get 50-50 reps at training camp. Now, earlier last week, the Broncos, they released Jeff Driscoll from his contract. So now Brett Rippon will be that third quarterback that is currently on the roster for them. So keep an eye on how things will play out. But I think the Broncos, and I've mentioned it here before in the podcast, they really like Brett Rippon. I don't know what George Payton's thought or opinion is on Rippon as of yet, but he is expected to get a lot of preseason action. But this is going to be an ongoing training camp battle between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. But how would a 50-50 split look in training camp? Well, I, I believe that when the Broncos have practice on one day, they'll name one guy to get reps the, the first day with the first team. You know, everyone in the media is always going to be taking note on their notepad. Who is the first quarterback that gets the first team rep ahead of everybody else? So I think that the Broncos, the coaching staff, they will alternate days as to which guy goes first. It's usually a standard practice or in the first team session, players will get equal reps. So if there's 40 plays, you can expect Drew Locke to get 20. You can expect Teddy Bridgewater to get 20, but on different days, they'll probably alternate which guy goes first with the first team offense. And a couple of these players will also get reps with the second team offense. So they will get reps more so outside of just the first team, they will get second team reps. And that's going to benefit them in terms of overall production value, in terms of being able to give coaches enough of a sample size to make clear-cut evaluations because every practice is filmed and not a lot of people will talk about how coaches will go back after practice and they'll watch and they'll say, okay, hey, this guy did better. What were the outlying factors as to why? So I really wanted to get into why and how coaches evaluate a competition between two players regardless of their position, but we're going to focus on quarterback here. Well, for the players, they get the same number of plays, same number of reps, and they want to see who's more efficient who has the least amount of mistakes, and then they go through and they factor in when a mistake is made, what happened on this play? Was the quarterback staring down his primary target the entire time? Did he make? Did the defensive back or the defender make a great play on the football through the air? Was there a breakdown in terms of offensive line protection? Was it a sack? Those are the things that they factor into what happened on a play-by-play basis. And they'll sit down in those meetings after practice and they'll talk about that. So you're going to have input from the offensive line coach. He's going to say, well, hey, you know, this offensive line, this tackle, he missed his block on the outside against the stunt play. And that's what led to a sack or a a rush throw, which could lead to turnovers. We know that pressure usually creates a little bit of disruption in the overall ebb and flow from a quarterback setting his feet and throwing to finding the open target wide receiver and throwing it in a window where maybe the ball should be. And sometimes defenders make a really good play. You could have a really dang good throw. Let's say it hits the wide receiver in the hands and the DB takes it from him. That's just a great play. So they, they go through these different factors of how they evaluate, how they you know give a guy a check versus how they mark him negatively on a play. But this is a feedback that goes into the position meetings after practice or on the next day before they head out to practice, they will meet with their position coaches. They'll have these meetings, they'll talk about it, and then they'll go through and try to progress from there. So they want to take a look at the overall bigger picture, who's more efficient, 
who has the least amount of stakes. And then you're going to factor in, you're going to get a different competition sample size. You're going to have on some days, the first team offense, they're going to go against the first team defense. And then you're going to have times where the first team offense goes against the second team defense. So that's where things can kind of get a little twisted in terms of how things are evaluated. Now, typically on paper, the theory is if you're a first team offense, you're going against the second team defense. The first team O should be dominating. They should be playing really well and they should take advantage of the second team defense. But often at times, that's not necessarily the case because there's ongoing competition almost at every position on the field outside of the stars. Now, these second team guys, they're really trying to vie for a roster spot. So you're going to get the A game out of those second team guys. The first team guys, unless there's an uh, evident open competition, those guys are set. So they're going to play and they're going to focus on what they can do. They're going to focus on the defensive identity. The second team guys are really trying to make the team make a good impression. So you're going to see guys ball out. Now, if you make a mistake, uh, you know, leading the first team offense as the quarterback against the second team defense, how much are you knocked on it by coaches? Not necessarily a lot. And like I said, it all goes back to what happened on the play. Why did the mistake occur? Is it correctable? Or is this a habit that we're continuing to see with this quarterback? And often at times, coaches will know going into training camp, these are the bad habits that this player has. These are the things that we have to work on as a coaching staff to get this player to get out of that rhythm of making those same consistent mistakes. So for Drew Locke, we can talk about footwork. We can talk about sometimes locking onto his primary target, read the field a lot more. For Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, it could even be a scenario where maybe the Broncos don't want him to be the check down Teddy Bridgewater but unless you absolutely need to. Sometimes in training camp, quarterbacks will play safe by checking down every time rather than taking a shot. you got to take some shots because in the NFL, when you're a starting quarterback, you're going to have to take a shot downfield at times. You can't just be scared to take that big shot to try to make a big play happen. And oftentimes we see a lot of quarterbacks really rely on the check down option, which I think for Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, the narrative around him was that he was a check down guy. More likely than not, he would find the short mount, the short to intermediate routes, but be scared to take the deep ball. With Drew Locke in comparison, he takes the deep ball shot, but sometimes he doesn't check it down. And I think that's where the lines get blurred a little bit and where both of these players can improve and obviously push each other along the way. Now, I want to get into what are the benefits and the negative benefits of a potential 50-50 quarterback competition and rep split. Starting off with the benefits side of things, you get to see how each guy commands the huddle. And I think that's super important. And when you go through and you look at the experience that a guy like Teddy Bridgewater has, he can command a huddle really easy. But when you look at Drew Locke, how does he command the huddle? His players, his teammates around him have said that he commands a huddle really well. But coaches, they're going to see the difference. And when you're used to guys like last year, the Broncos had Jeff Driscoll and Drew Locke and Brett Rippon. Brett Rippon can command the huddle really well. From what I've been told, from what I've talked to with Broncos players, Brett Rippon has a really good understanding of the offense. And he's also very personable in the huddle. He's not scared. He's making eye contact with the guys, even after a bad play. And he's saying, hey, let's get it going. So he's got the leadership and the, and the quality traits there to be a signal caller. Now for Drew Locke, the question is, can he be that same guy? How does he respond with a, a more experienced quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater? This is going to be a very under the radar element of this quarterback competition. How does he command the huddle and how do his teammates respond to his energy or his presence inside the huddle? Coaches are going to make comparisons, body language, especially after a negative play. When something goes wrong, what does the body language look like from quarterback to quarterback? Is the guy encouraging, upbeat after making a mistake and saying, hey, look, we got to do it. I got to do better. Or are they going to hang their head and sulk? These are the under the radar things that not many people talk about when it comes to position battles. And you want to see how a player responds after both the good and the bad plays. Does he celebrate with his teammates? You'd be surprised how often I've sat in coaches' meetings 
and we've talked about it with our players. When you score, go celebrate. Show some energy. Show, show some passion. It's the NFL. I mean, it's football in general. When you do something good, celebrate it. How do you do that? How does a quarterback do that? We see it all the time. Tom Brady, whenever he throws a touchdown or some guy scores, even a running back, he is going nuts in the end zone celebrating with those guys. You want guys that are energetic in that regard. We've seen Drew Locke do that. We've seen Teddy Bridgewater do that. But you want to see how body language and how these players respond for both the good and the bad plays. Do they hang their head after a negative play? And also, you get an equal sample size between both prospects that are in the competition. So that is the benefits to a 50-50 split in terms of rep deviation. Now, what are the cons of a 50-50 rep split? Well, you still get the equal sample size, but there's different elements as I explained earlier. One day, you'll be the first team offense going against the first team defense. One day, you're going to be the first team offense going against the second team defense. So some of those elements, some of the circumstances surrounding maybe a play or players, what group you're going against can suggest a strong showing or a poor showing as we've seen before. Now I've been at Dove Valley watching training camp when there were competitions, quarterback competitions, when they brought in Case Keenum and Paxton Lynch, when they had Trevor Simeon, Mark Sanchez and Paxton Lynch, who made the most mistakes? Who was the most upbeat? Who had all that stuff? Now, each situation, when you have multiple quarterbacks going through a competition, it makes things a lot trickier for the coaching staff because the reps aren't necessarily 50-50. Sometimes it's going to be a 50-25-25 split. Luckily, Denver doesn't have to do that. But there are different circumstances that affect different players and the different elements that have to be considered. We touched on those a little bit ago. But for example, in a 50-50 competition, a negative side, if a player is banged up or, or sore to a point where he can't go, that decreases his chances of being the guy. When you lose out as a player on reps, it affects the overall perception as to maybe availability. And yes, there's things that coaches have to consider from the medical staff. If a player gets hit or you know has an extremity injury, like for example, a quarterback, let's say that you're a right-handed quarterback, you throw, you have a pinky injury or even an index finger or a thumb injury, that hurts your ability to grip the football, maybe have that velocity and control when you release it. So that can affect you. But yes, that's out of that player's control if he gets hurt. However, it will decrease the overall perception that that person and will be the winner of the training camp competition. Now, it's all different, too, once you get to the preseason. I'm not sure how it's going to play out this year for the Broncos if they're going to carry the quarterback competition into preseason where you're going to see the first half, you're going to see Teddy Bridgewater get the reps. Second half, you're going to see Drew Locke or vice versa. I don't know what that's going to be like. That's still a little bit of a ways away. We'll get clarity from Vic Fangio once we're at Broncos training camp practice. We get closer to the preseason, but... These are the pros and cons to a quarterback competition. The parameters have been officially set for the Denver Broncos. In Broncos country, I'm eager to hear what your thoughts are. How do you view the Broncos 50-50 split? What are your thoughts on it? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What other suggestions do you have? Tweet me on Twitter at CodyRorkNFL at LockedOnBroncos. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to actually take a little bit of a look at the Broncos cornerback room. A lot of depth at that position going into training camp. We take a look at some of the storylines from all of the players involved. Coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, I have to tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That is our good friends over there at Built Bar. And we all know it. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the best tasting bar that I've ever had in my life because it tastes legitimately like a candy bar. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? Plus, sometimes they have the occasional limited time flavor. And it can vary, but they're all very tasty. They have different flavors like coconut. If you're a coconut person, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, 
Peanut butter brownie is my personal favorite, double chocolate and salted caramel. So there's a flavor for everyone. And my favorite flavor is peanut butter brownie. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors sent directly to your doorstep. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too, because most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams net carbs. And order today and get that peanut butter brownie or that raspberry or mint brownie, whatever flavor you like, by going to Built Bar.com and using promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order when you use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Now the Broncos cornerback room is filled with depth. We talked about it last week, how often at times we'll see in training camp, wide receivers, linebackers, safeties, cornerbacks, they'll have the most players out of each position group, especially when you have a 90-man roster. They're mainly going to be made up of those skill players. But for the Broncos, let's take a look at the cornerback room and some of the storylines that will accompany each player. Ronald Darby coming off of a very strong season, formerly of the Washington football team, signed a three-year deal with the organization. More than likely, he's expected to have a starting role here, especially because he's got the three-year deal. Now, the Broncos, they went out and they signed Kyle Fuller to a one-year deal, so more of a one-year rental, maybe with the opportunity to have a, an extended deal if he performs really well. Bryce Callahan is another player that's entering the final year of his contract with the Broncos and coming off of an injury where in his time at Denver, yes, it has been kind of plagued by injury, but when he is healthy, he's one of the best players on the field. If he can stay healthy in 2021 and if he plays the, at the level that he was last year, I definitely believe that he's going to remain in Denver. I believe that Vic Fangio, I believe that George Payton are going to invest in that. And it's about what have you done for me lately. When you look at some guys like Darby and Callahan, yes, you factor in some of the injury concerns, but you need cornerback depth. You need very good corners in the modern day of the NFL where it's a spread them out offense against a lot of these teams that like to go empty. They like to go three by one. They like to remove the running back out of the equation and have wide receivers and tight ends all across the field. Denver's going to see a lot of that. So you have to have the best cover guys. And Bryce matched up really well against Darren Waller, Nelson Aguilar last year, and even Henry Ruggs. Denver needs guys to be able to play with that. And I think that for guys like McCole Harden in Kansas City, even Tyreek Hill, Bryce Callahan's probably going to be the guy that's going to match up with those guys in various pass sets. Now, Denver's versatility with having so many DBs is good for their nature there when you factor in those three veteran guys. But behind Darby, Fuller, Callahan, you have the young players. And Patrick Sertan, the Broncos' first-round draft selection, is going to play a very critical role this upcoming season. It remains to be seen just yet what he'll do. But I, I can tell Broncos fans, I expect him to match up on the more sizable wideouts in the National Football League in the AFC West. I think he's going to match up against the Darren Wallers. I think Vic Fangio is going to utilize him against the Travis Kelseys of the world. And it's going to be unique to see how he and Ed Donatel really construct a defense built with this strong secondary to compete. And then you factor in Michael Ojemudia, who's coming into his second season as a pro in the National Football League. And tell you what, for Michael Ojemudia, he got thrown into the fire a little early on. We had him on the show here a couple weeks ago. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen. It's in the directory for the podcast. Great interview, by the way. But he's got a really good mindset. And his mindset, he wasn't affected in any way, shape, or form when the Broncos decided to draft Patrick Sertan because Michael believes he can match up with some of the sizable guys in the NFL. He can also play safety or even in a dime set. He might even be able to play that dime backer role at times for the Broncos. So you have versatility. You have options and flexibility. You are not limited on your defense by what a guy can or can't do. And I think that Vic Fangio recognizes the importance of that 
with all of these players. Because when you factor in Darby, he's more than likely going to be an outside guy. Fuller has the capability alongside Bryce to be an inside or outside guy. Patrick Sertan, more than likely, is going to be an outside player. He can play one of those hybrid roles that Vic might construct just defensively because of the talent that he possesses. And Michael Ojemudi can play outside, he can play safety. You like your guys to be able to do that. Now you factor in guys behind Michael Ojemudi, and these are players that feel like will probably develop a little bit more. Not every player is going to be on the roster, though. Asang Bassi coming off of an ACL injury. He's not expected to be full speed for training camp just yet. The Broncos will look to work him back into that mix whenever he is healthy and fully cleared. He's going to be a guy that's probably not going to get a lot of reps in training camp due to his injury. Same thing with Duke Dawson. He's coming off of a complete knee reconstruction. We're talking ACL, meniscus, MCL, PCL, LCL. His recovery time is going to take a lot longer than a saying Bassey who just had the ACL. So I don't think that Denver is going to have the expectation that Dawson's going to have to rush himself back. And I would hope that the Broncos... Don't rush him back or force him back before he's ready because sometimes we see teams do that. There's pressure on players to come back. Then they end up getting re-hurt. You don't want to see that. So I think that the Broncos' best course of option to put Duke Dawson on the physically unable to perform list, keep him on the roster, allow him to recover, and then when he's fully healthy, he can be another depth option for you because we know that Denver needs it. Nate Hairston is a guy that I feel like will be a camp body alongside Parnell Motley. But I believe that when it's all said and done, Kerry Vincent Jr., one of the Broncos' draft selections out of the seventh round out of LSU, Denver likes these LSU guys. Vic Fangio does as well. I think that the Broncos' cornerback room is going to look a lot like what I just said. Ronald Darby, Fuller, Callahan, Sertan, Michael Ojemudia, Bassey, Dawson, and Kerry Vincent. I think that maybe Parnell Motley might sit on the Broncos' practice squad. Nate Hairston potentially as well because you can never have enough cornerback depth or wide receiver depth, or any kind of skill player position. You have to have a multitude of guys, and we know that last year the Broncos' DB depth at corner was so depleted, it was so tested, and Vic Fangio still got the best out of those players. You're going to keep these guys around, and you're going to see what kind of changes they can bring, and, and obviously you can develop these guys. And I think that the Broncos can develop Parnell Motley, Kerry Vincent can get some valuable special teams reps, but it's going to be fun to see how the cornerback competition shapes out in training camp where I look forward to being there on site in the Valley to bring you, the avid listeners, the fans of Broncos country with in-depth objective perspective as to what's going on with the team that you root for on Sundays. But Broncos country, that will conclude today's episode. Lockdown Broncos and your favorite podcast provider. Just a reminder, if you are not yet following or subscribing to the show, you need to do so on your favorite podcast providers. Also, please go to the YouTube channel, Lockdown Broncos. Hit that subscribe button because beginning at some point this week, you will have Lockdown Broncos, not only just in the audio format that you hear right now, but you'll be able to see me on video doing the podcast on the YouTube channel, Locked on Broncos. But with that said, in the meantime, Broncos country, after this episode of the show, please head over and check out the Locked on Today podcast that talks about how should NFL teams handle players who don't want to get vaccinated. Host Peter Bukowski brings you up to date on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. But in the meantime, tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday, Broncos country. If you have any Broncos questions, send them my way and I will answer them on tomorrow's episode. So with that said, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos.